Today on How It's Crafted. Sanguine sarsaparilla, elevators, extra planar spaces, and gun. We begin the process by ripping the crimson sarsaparilla straight from the earth, where it's whisked off to the factory by a cavalcade of creatures of the night. There, the root is crushed underfoot by a gaggle of gargoyles, whose stony limbs impart a rich mineral tang to each bottle of sanguine. The root juice then passes down an aisle of trained exorcists, who skillfully pluck any errant poltergeists out of the juice. Finally, just before bottling, a secret ingredient is added. It's oops, all necromancers. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I am your DM, Oz the Great and Powerful, and joining me at the table are Bug, Finny, Seder Druid, Dancing, Prancing, and Riding an Elevator, C, Madam L, Half-Elf Bard, and Expert on Elegant Equine. And last but not least, Bree. Silas Burno, Silas Burno, Silas Burno. Hey, you got it this time. We're good. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, real quick, before we get into the recap, is there anything we want to plug other than the Patreon, yada, 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 bit.ly, all necromancers, what have you? I got so many dice on my website, yo. Is that website linked to all necromancers? Yes. It says Bugs Dice. Yeah, you click on nice. it, and then I'll shoot ya. Straight through the interwebs. Technically, they're my dice, too. <laughs> yeah. They're I've, also C's dice. I've made a... They're uh, our dice, <laughs> comrade. I've made a special uh, serpent dice design, and all the edges are uh, snake scales, and it has a uh, snake's head on the D, on the 20. It's pretty they're fucking really beautiful. Rad. Very powerful. They're awesome. And also, I just finished editing the second installment of Oops All Goblins Spire. Yeah. Woo! And that is the uh, Patreon-exclusive All Goblins campaign that we have been playing. Pure chaos. We are using Rysis the Anything RPG, uh, which is a free RPG that's pretty rules-light and really encourages just being stupid. That's up there. It's fun. If you like the goblins, it's more of that. And it's available on our Patreon for, what is it, the $4 tier, $3 tier, something? I think it's the $5 tier. Uh, less than 10 packs of ramen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Ornithopters. That's what I'm plugging this month. Uh, ornithopters. They're really stupid. We figured out planes better, and we can't do it like creatures can. But Ornithopters are pretty cool. A lot of people died trying to do them. A lot of people. Most people, actually. All that being said... Last time in the woods of Nathraxil. Shortly before arriving at Grushtal, the party encountered a trio of spooky cats. They seemed to have an adverse reaction to your convoy companion, Bidbor, but otherwise left everyone well enough alone. On approach to Grushtal, you all decided to go incognito in a town that most likely had never heard of you. With El going by Letali Urkin, Soren going by Silas Burno, 
Groon going by Moon, and Finnegan going by Finn. Secret identities decided on, the party made their way into Grushtal and onwards to the Bat Cave, Grushtal's premier hotel slash nightclub. Along the way, you learned about an open call for adventurers to enter the Red Ladies tournament and gain a bit of treasure and glory. Once rooms were settled, baths were had, and necklaces were hid, you all made your way down to the bar. After grabbing some drinks, you all did some information gathering on the tournament, and that's just about where we are now. You guys have a, a good nap time in your beds and wake up exactly eight hours later, as adventurers do. Mm -hmm. uh, and it is not a bright new day, because it's not. It is a slightly less dark time <laughs> but it's eight hours after you went to bed so it's probably morning it's daytime now. yeah though of course you did wake up multiple times in the night because i don't think you're used to the amount of ticking that grushal oh, has God. uh because once again there are so many clocks so that's a long rest then we get all of our hit points back yes it is long rest yep so did we confirm do we get two hit dice back every long rest you or get one? up to half your level so oh. two okay Ooh, all my juicy no weird dreams, nothing odd. Uh, yeah! Sore and your nails are very long again. Mm. I covered my... I, I put uh, Wallace on one side of my one ear, and I put Thaddeus on the other <laughs> ear, like earmuffs all night, so I couldn't hear the ticking. <laughs> That's good. I'm sure it did great things for uh, Soren's mental state. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> Well, at a certain point, it becomes like white noise, yeah. and it's kind of like a like a white noise generator, yeah. and help, helps you sleep. It'd be it'd be hard to sleep without it, really. Yeah, it's the ticking, <laughs> you know. That and the comfort of Groon snoring because he did get a bit drunk. Mm -hmm. uh, everyone, give me a perception check, real quick. Twenty five. Three plus one, a four. Mine's a twenty, but not natural. An eldritch twenty. Oh, man, it would have been better if some of the adults would have rolled a good on this perception, huh? It would have been better, because this was simply to see if you guys hear the distant sounds of sucking and slapping from the sicko wagon. <laughs> but okay, just the kid hears. Just the kid hears. That's good. That's good. I really have to reconsider these things. I forget that Finny is a child. Grun also hears it, but acts like he doesn't. Uh, Finny puts Thaddeus and Wallace back on his ears. Like earmuffs. Mm -hmm. This will be lost on the audience. We've developed the sicko wagon lore so much outside of game. <laughs> yeah. I kind of yeah. like leaving it as a mystery. <laughs> Completely unexplained. I figured this is happening while we're eating breakfast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Groon, um... Yeah, yeah, Sorn. Are you, are you busy? No, I mean, there's like a slurping and slapping in the distance <laughs> I was going to go check out, but like... Do you want to, um, you know, just, uh, ha hang, hang out today if you're not doing anything else? Oh, let me check me old schedule. And he, uh, dips a finger in his ale and starts writing on the table with it. And goes, yep, looks like I got about two hours of weapon maintenance. Uh obligatory one hour of hunting because I'm not paying for no goddamn food in this town. Too expensive. <laughs> oh. Glaive polishing. Five hours. Thinking about pole arms. Two hours. 
Glaive polishing is separate from weapons maintenance. Well, yeah, I take care of everyone else's weapons, and then I take care of my own. Ah. I you, I noticed the daggers have been looking a little sharper. Is that um, why I don't get splinters from my sickle hammer anymore? Yeah, kid, you really gotta... There's, like, a varnish and some sandpaper you can get. It really... You should have a good grip to your weapon. But the moss is so soft. Hey, I just realized all our weapons aren't here. Uh, I have mine. <laughs> well, okay, Soren. I'm sorry, just because I'm the only one who bothered to consider s- storing a crossbow in my pants. <laughs> yeah, I can't conceal a fucking glaive, bud. It's seven foot tall. Well, couldn't you collapse it? Collapse it, he says. What if I'm getting charged by a horse and that thing collapses on me, huh? How often are you getting charged by horses? Often. <laughs> they All don't... the time. There are less horses around now, but the answer is yes, I do have free time. <laughs> Thank you. Um... Well, that works out great if you two want to have some, some buddy time. I was thinking that Finnegan and I could go check out the museum. Museum! That's so fancy. I must say I, I quite enjoy museums myself. It, it could be um, advantageous um, and amusing. <clears throat> so uh, what's a museum? It's a place for rich people to, like, spend money. And show that they're rich to other people. Precisely. Back in Helvetir, I used to attend all kinds of gallery openings, and it was mostly what you'd expect. There was paintings commemorating battles, and all of the paintings were done in the blood of the fallen enemies, of course. And it's rather bland, and you'd have... Oh, but (laughs) one time... I saw there, and Finnegan, I, I'm not sure if there's going to be anything like this here, but I saw there was a huge room, and in the middle of that room, stacked three stories tall, was just a conglomerate of lemures, just all mashed together. And it, the artist was, was trying to say something about of something, but it, it, yeah. was, it was just very, it was fascinating. Fantasy Banksy. <laughs> I've heard something about the term money laundering. Huh. How do you... Is that like coin polishing? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Who's teaching you about... <clears throat> These Lemures. Correct me if I'm wrong. I've only been through Helvetir once or twice. Those are guys, right? Like, they're little dudes. Yes. Thinking back now, it was rather... Morbid, yes, but they were all still alive, and they seemed to be functioning. If it, if you think of it more like um, uh, performance art, it's a little less gruesome. All I'm saying is that people that turn other people into obelisks or furniture sounds a little weird. Well, when was the last time you were in Helvetir? I, I. It's pretty standard fare there. Oh, yeah, you can't walk down the street without someone pretending to be a lamp. We are getting dangerously <laughs> close to kink territory, my friend. <laughs> dangerously. Are we going now? Uh, yes. That's... I want to see the stack of guys. Well, there's not going to be a stack of guys at this one, probably, unless the... Oh. I, well, I, I doubt it. You feel if there was a stack of guys, they'd advertise that. But there's smart people there, right? There are certainly people who think that they are smart there. Will they know what my staff does? Um, Perhaps. Because I can't figure it out. Every time I try to figure it out, 
It just goes and sparkles and fizzles. It's not unsafe. It shouldn't be dangerous. Again, I, I couldn't identify it much myself, but it shouldn't. Well, maybe it's just a staff of sparkling and fizzling. I think it looks too cool for that. It, it, it certainly possesses um, slightly less mundane features. So will it be like science guy, magic science? Oh, probably. I, I would say so. Okay, good. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Field trip. Field trip. Field trip. <laughs> we leave and go to the museum. So, uh, Grun, um, I <clears throat> ha- have been, I'm sorry to say, uh, um, keeping some secrets. <clears throat> I could gather. Mm. Hair generally does not grow a foot and a half overnight. N- no, I'm very sorry that I lied. I I wasn't poisoned. Um, Grun, my life is so fucked up, and um, everything's kind of a disaster. Hey, man, I hear you. One day you're just doing some mining, then you get frozen in a block of ice for <laughs> years. It's crazy. A number, yeah, I know. Um, uh... Grun, can I trust you? I mean, hey, who am I going to tell, right? Uh, I, I mean, specifically, could we not discuss anything you see or hear today with F- Finnegan and Madame L? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that you should have a bit more faith in your companions, considering they have individually saved your life and mine a few times. Um, and, you know, fought beasts and also didn't stab you in your sleep last night or any of the other nights. But, hey, whatever secret you want me to keep, I gotcha. Okay, um, so I, I have reason to believe that I may have, um, been playing host to one, if not <clears throat> multiple, um, external influences, you could call them. And I don't know how it happened, and I don't know if it's an ongoing issue, but I <clears throat> I need to be sure. Um, I don't want to put anyone else in any more danger. But I also don't necessarily trust Gustav, so I wanted to ask you to come along um, and be my um, uh, backup, if necessary. <clears throat> okay, I... I don't exactly know who a Gustav is, but sure. Oh. Yeah, I got your guard duty. Uh, Yeah. um, Make sure he doesn't magic your hoozy what's its and, like, stab him or whatever if he does. Can do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gustav is a lot, but probably fine. But, you know, let's go. Okay, yep, sure. Lead the way. I would guess it's the, uh, big glowing gator head. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) So, off to the museum. It is a large, single-story stone building with huge stone blocks composing it, and then the entrance, which reads in, like, wrought brass letters in kind of an arch over the top of the entrance, is Museum of the Glorious History of Urzbedia. 
uh, has your standard deal gargoyles on the corners, you know, a, a standard museum, if you will. There are columns. It is a museum. Very nice. I'm sorry. I'm horrible with building descriptions. <laughs> that's not like it's a fucking wizard. No, tower. you're good. I like those ones. I, when you say it's 15, 20 feet tall, I don't know what that means. Just you can just say it's yeah. a big, it's a big one. It, it's, it's a real big one. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you guys enter the atrium, there is no one around. Hmm. There is no ticket taker or cashier or whatever. Well, that's strange, Finnegan. At the Helvetarian Museums, it costs a great deal. Is this? Do you think this is free? There is what is clearly a clockwork automaton standing there who seems to track you with their eyes and waves their hand and goes, Welcome to the Museum of the Glorious History of Erzbetia. Whoa! And, you know, there's the standard amount of gear clicking and things as their arm sort of waves at you. If you guys stand around for, like, another 30 seconds or move or whatever, it just does the same thing. Okay. It's this is not an automaton like a person. It's like a... It's a clockwork marionette, basically. Okay. Um, You do see four different archways leading off from this atrium. One it has a banner that is uh, just like red letters on a sort of linen cloth that says the Red Lady's Rise to Power. Another says the discovery of the blood root. And a third says treasures of the Red Lady, a testament to the power of Erzbetia. Uh, and this one kind of has like a sign next to it on a little stand that says limited time only. Mm. Um, and then the fourth one just says gift shop. <laughs> I like the sound of the treasures. Me too, but maybe we should save the best for last, hmm? <laughs> A little bit of discipline, young Finnegan. And once again, in the background, you hear, Welcome to the Museum of the Glorious History of Erzbetia. Ah, okay, fine, yes. Which one, then? Does it look like the, the Red Lady's Rise to Power is, like, is this all chronological, kind of? I would say that it certainly is presented in that okay. way, like left to right. Yeah. Madame L is somewhat interested in the actual history. Besides, like, I mean, she wants to try mm. to get her claws into somebody here, but she, I think she would want to start with the oldest to actually understand. Okay. Yeah. As you head into uh, the Red Lady's Rise to Power, you kind of get the idea of how this museum works as you're going along because there are just plaques with uh, clockwork scenes behind them and the plaques read like just a description of what's going on. Mm -hmm. The first thing you see is a clockwork kind of bestial human, I would say almost like werebat-like with, you know, large fangs and the kind of bat-like nose, big ears, that kind of thing. But they are just portrayed through a couple different little uh, clockwork vignettes as like, one is of this figure lashing what is clearly meant to be a peasant. <laughs> and then another shows this holding uh, another peasant aloft with uh, like fake blood that is circulating behind them. The fuck? And it reads, depicted is Lord Arthur Erzbet, the cruel previous master of Erzbetia. And then as you move along, there is uh, another clockwork figure, this time with long flowing red hair pale skin, that kind of thing. It looks like this one is made of porcelain and the hair is actual, like, human hair or some sort of humanoid's hair who is just shown, you know, following up with 
what looks to be the same peasant from before who is lashed and uh, seems to be putting bandages on their back. Uh, and then another is showing her uh, defending some of these peasants behind her from some skeletons. And then another one is her defending some peasants from a really big spider. Wow, this lady looks super nice. <laughs> and the plaque reads, Our beloved Lady Anastasia on her rise to power. And then there is a third sort of scene set here, which shows her swinging a sword and cutting off Lord Arthur Erzbet's head and it going flying. And then there's, you know, like fake blood behind it pumping. Uh, and then after about 30 seconds, the scene resets. Her arm draws back. The head flies back down and lands on the <laughs> neck. And the whole thing just plays over and over. Yeah, beat the bad guy. Beat the bad guy. Finney's yelling and in this quiet museum. <laughs> you can hear his echo. And this reads, uh, our beloved lady freeing us from the cruel Lord Artur. Uh, and in that final depiction, she was wearing this sort of fluted white leather armor and wielding a massive curved sword Damn. Uh, that had like uh, a reddish blade. Mm. Why'd you uh, make this lady so hot? Yeah, I was just about to ask, like, damn. Because she's a vampire. <laughs> you um, give a lady a sword and I'm like, mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> At the end in this um, brass display case, there is the suit of armor that is depicted in that final vignette uh, with a plaque that reads, made of the finest celestial skin, the Red Lady's armor protected her from the foul attacks of her cruel father. And then directly next to it in a longer display case is this massive curved sword that she was wielding. And there is a plaque that reads, a replica of Lady Urzbit's great curved sword, Exsanguine. Uh, and both are stained with this black blood. Mm. Wow. And that's the exhibit. Can I, I would like to do a roll, and this is partly me going mm -hmm. to like hurt myself a little bit potentially, but Oof. like mm -hmm. Madam L, I've kind of outlined that she somewhat to some degree has believed the like Helvetarian propaganda. And so I'd, mm -hmm. I'd kind of like to do some kind of role to see if she believes this or is can distinguish that they are, like, in seeing this, that maybe it's all propaganda. Do you know what I mean? Like, a role to s see uh, what she believes. Yeah. I would say that as far as phasing how much is propaganda, so this is a hard one because obviously this isn't, like, an actual physical human. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say that's still an insight check. Okay. Because you're trying to sort of read between the lines yeah. here. Like, obviously, we're getting things like the Serene Lady and our beloved lady <laughs> and stuff. So, like, mm -hmm. that one's pretty easy to read. But as far as was this actually what happened? Was this dude actually shitty? Mm -hmm. Like, you can certainly try and think back onto what you may have heard in some sort of mm -hmm. uh, historical uh, lecture or something to see if you remember. Probably one you were dozing through. Yeah. Okay, I got a 16 plus 4, a 20. Um, it's a bit of propaganda, as anything is, but it, like, this exhibit is in good repair. It is well-maintained. There's no, like, squeaking from any of the gears or anything. And while, yeah, it is a bit hokey, like, clearly some sort of artistry 
and care went into making these portrayals. Mm-hmm. Really, I'm trying to figure out if she is is a good ruler in a sense, like compared, especially compared to like Helvetir and like kind of weighing the quality of life that people seem to have here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, she does seem to have armor that's made of um, uh, an angel. <laughs> <laughs> so take that as you will. But anyway, I would say that with that insight and with that care, it is either this is closer to the truth than you initially thought, or whoever runs this place really, really fucking loves Lady Anastasia. Mm -hmm. With your artist's eye, you pick up on things that shows that this was a bit of a passion project. Mm -hmm. So Okay. Uh, I think Finny just thinks this lady's real cool and nice. I don't think Finny quite knows what propaganda is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Finny just thinks this lady's real cool and nice and pretty. And Finny wants to be pretty too. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Well, Madame L's uh, gears, as it were, are spinning as Mm -hmm. Finny is also spinning around her. Mm -hmm. Can we see the treasure now? Well, there's a couple before that. Why don't we check out the next one? Uh, I will say as you guys exit the exhibit, the automaton turns to look at you and waves and goes, Welcome to the Museum of the Glorious History of Erzmetia. Okay, yeah. Let's uh, cut to Soren as the you sweaty and, boy himself. Yeah, as you and Grun are making your way out of the Bat Cave, mm-hmm. you start making your way towards uh, Gustav's. What is your passive perception? Sixteen. You notice a familiar face getting pushed into the cobblestones while his hands are being bound behind his back by the Grustal guard. Who is it? It is the same prisoner who is in the prison of Grustal. Now getting arrested. And he looks up and says, I didn't even do anything. Come on. Um. And the guard goes, yeah, yeah, that's what they all say. What, uh. Um. He's still missing his two front teeth. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think Soren's going to intervene. Nope. Soren was invisible the whole time previously, so he wouldn't recognize Soren anyway. Yeah, no, I know. I, I think we're getting pretty close. Um, oh, yeah. I am almost completely blinded by that fucking size. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. Uh, in the background, as you guys are approaching from probably about two blocks away, you just hear a wee as the Gusov head on top snaps its jaws and oh, then gosh. cranks back open. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and that continues the entire time you are in the store, by the way. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, Grun, um, heads up. Uh, Gustav, e- extremely um, resourceful, um, terrifying, and really likes to stand way closer than necessary. Um, Good news. Most people don't like to stand too close to someone with a glaive, so... We're good. Okay, um, but we do, um, I do, um, uh, I am, uh, 
as much as I am terrified of Gustav, um, I am trying to stay on Gustav's good side. Um, he's been extremely useful in the past, and since he is apparently the one and only provider of um, m magical artifacts and um, other such things, um, I, I would like to stay on his good side, if, if at all possible. Um, Can do. I'm just here to, you know, do the slashing and the poking if well, prep, bad well, things happen, so, you know. Yeah, yes, um, okay. <sighs> He's not one of those weirdos that just has cursed items out, and he really recommends you not buy them, so you want to buy them, and then you, you oh, buy them, and then uh, you get cursed, right? Um, just don't touch anything, this would be my recommendation. Understood. Uh, how funny it would be if there's just sign... Off to Sicko Wagon. Be back in 15. Anyway. <laughs> no. You you open the door. And there is a tinkle of a bell as it opens. And this looks quite similar to um, the other Gustav shops you have been in. Mm -hmm. Other than uh, it is two stories tall. It Towards the back of the store, you see um, a set of moving stairs. One set going up. One set coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are just turning gears and clockwork mechanisms on basically everything. The shelves, some of the items themselves, there's... Oh, it's a real steampunk disaster in here, huh? Yeah, you, you look down and the floor is uh, Made slightly trans... No, it is slightly translucent and there are just gears turning under the floor. What do they do? Who knows? Maybe Nothing. they power the giant gator head on top. But if Gustav doesn't come down wearing a, one of those stupid fucking tiny top hats, I'm going to cry. <laughs> but yeah, as you walk in, you do not see Gustav around. Uh, there is your your standard shelves full of scrolls and wands and staves and magical items of every sort and description. Uh, there mm -hmm. is a broom that is like attached to a length of rope that is spinning in a circle. You you know, like the Halloween decorations. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see that the rope is just anchored into the ceiling. Like, there's doesn't seem to be any sort of mechanism to get it moving. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, you do see a big sign, once again, made of gears and cogs and what have you, that says checkout that seems to be at the top of uh, the moving staircases. Mm-hmm. They're escalators, right? They're escalators. Oh, yes. We know this. Okay. Yeah, I need <laughs> to say escalator. That's good. Is there a bell like there was? You do spot what seems to be uh, a big red button on one edge of the desk where it says checkout. Mm -hmm. uh, this just says buzz for service on a little, uh, we'll say sticky note on the big red button. Okay. I push the button. So instead of a bell ringing, there is a loud buzzing, and you feel a hot wind on your neck and hear, Sorin, how can I help you? And you turn around to see Gustav, but now with a big pair of goggles on top of his wizard hat and a clearly fake wizard beard hanging from it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, uh... Gustav, nice to see you again. Um, thank you for the help um, back in Greestall. Of course, of course. I mean, we uh, magic folk gotta look out for each other. Also, 
the little kid did ring the bell, and I am contractually obligated to show up. So. <laughs> oh, um, fascinating. Um, That's why this one is a buzzer. Uh, mm-hmm. So y- too many people walking off with the bells. Mm, understandable. Um, does does it seem like there was anybody else in the shop at all? There is one gnome who is on the far end of the shop, like above the entrance, because uh, the second floor is like a complete second floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not just like walkways around. So like they're over by the where the entrance would be far away from you guys. Uh, it seemed to be just looking over some uh, different gemstones. They have like a little monocle on. Mm-hmm. A loop. I'm actually looking um, for something uh, very specific um, today, Gustav. And what would that be? So, um, um, can we talk about this in private? Uh, Certainly. Um, Excuse me, there there does seem to be another customer here. What can I help you with, sir? And he looks at Groon, and Groon looks at him and goes... Oh, um, uh, this is, um, this is Moon. Um, He's with me. I am Moon, and <laughs> this is Silas. Wait, shit. <laughs> he called you by name. Fuck, we gotta kill this guy. No, Groon, no, it's fine. Uh, He's Wait, cool. Wait, I thought I was... Oh, man, I'm never gonna figure this out. Uh, I, th- I think uh, we can... I see your friend has some sort of mental malady. <laughs> Perhaps this is why you're here, so I may cure it. No, um, well, Groon's been traveling with us, um, and since we, um, have been patrons of yours in the past, um, I expected we might as well, uh, introduce the the two of you. Yes, yes, of course, uh, as far as somewhere private, give me just a moment. Thank you. And he clasps his hands and... A ring on each of his middle fingers starts glowing. I uh, will say a bluish stone that glows blue. And then he goes, Y'all ever been teleported before? And clasps hands on your shoulders and you guys into a floating black void. Mm. I apologize. And he clasps his hands one more time and uh, three armchairs pop into existence behind you. And he says, please take a seat. Um... You know enough about floating and levitation that you can just sort of will yourself Self- over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Groon flips upside down and then sort of drags himself into the armchair. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everything's fine here. And you see he is turning slightly greenish. So, um, Gustav, um, I have the... <clears throat> How do I put this? Uh, I I have reason to believe that my um, anatomy and psyche may have been tampered with. There have been some side effects, um, some more useful than others, but I don't have any idea why any of this is happening or what is going on. I would like you, if such a thing is within your power, to figure out what's gone wrong. Of course, of course. Now, my friend, have you ever tried to see into the magic and looked in a mirror? No. You really should have tried sometime, because, my friend, you 
glow like a small sun under my magical vision. <clears throat> I was wondering when we would discuss it, but some things are impolite to ask about. Usually magical implants. I, I mean, um... My apologies. Give me just one moment. And he goes out of existence and you're just floating with an empty armchair and Groon in an armchair. Uh, you doing okay over there? <laughs> and he pukes up just a little bit and he goes, what What the fuck is wrong with wizards? <laughs> I... And then there's a... And Gustav comes back uh, with a small sack of gold in his hand and he goes, apologies, had a customer. Uh, understood. Um, Gustav, I, I understand that... Um, some of the things I am ex experiencing are magical in nature, but um, that doesn't really tell me what they are, why they're happening. I don't know what I'm dealing with here. Perhaps we should head back to my office. Uh, your friend's looking a little greener than really any dwarf rightly should. It's well protected in your office as well? Oh, of course. All the wards and gears and gizmos and gugas and yeah, I gotcha. Uh, one moment. And he clasps his hands and then reaches out and grabs each of you by the leg. And you guys back into existence in front of his uh, checkout counter. And he steps around it and opens a previously almost a noticeable door that mm -hmm. is just a giant cog that rolls to the side mm -hmm. and says, please, come on in. And Groon just sort of goes, why the fuck did we go into the void if he had it? God damn all. <laughs> They're just like this. Wizards. Okay, yeah. So are you guys going to uh, the next exhibit in order then? Yeah. What was the next one again? The next one was the discovery of the blood root. Blood root. As you enter, you walk through the archway into this exhibit, and whereas the other one previously was sort of a... 2D almost theater stage for each little exhibit. Mm -hmm. This is a full model that you're in. Uh, in the center of this room is what is clearly like a lab table with an Alembic and a retort and stuff. And there's another one of those uh, automatons that is clearly the Red Lady who is just sort of pouring these bottles back and forth. And it reads, Lady Ursbet working in her lab to make a plant that grows without sunlight to allow her people to thrive. Um, and as you continue past, like, you know, it continues pouring and whatever. And this is a full on laboratory with different samples along the wall and stuff. And then you see that there's another archway towards the back of this room and you enter into another one of these models. And it seems a bit more like a greenhouse the walls are clearly glass, and behind it, there's sort of a darkness, like you can see starlight and stuff through it, uh, and is another portrayal of Lady Ursbedia. And the whole time, whereas before, with the other models, her hair was uh, long and flowing, she now has it up in, like, a bun, and is wearing what is almost a stereotypical lab coat. Mm -hmm. uh, and in this one, instead, she is wearing overalls <laughs> with a shirt with the sleeves rolled up. <laughs> and it shows her working around a small potted plant, which has this sort of gnarled, deep reddish root growing out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and she has a pair of uh, shears that is snipping one of the sprouts off of this. This one also has a plaque, which once again just reads, Our Beloved Lady. 
pruning her first successful sample, then it has a list of uh, uses for bloodroot, curing blood sicknesses, imparting vigor, stimulant that allows normal humanoids to go without sleep, thickener, and flavorant. What? (laughs) (laughs) And finally, as you go through the third archway in, there is a conveyor belt with moving bottles along the left-hand side of the wall that just sort of wraps around, uh, and they are pre-capped and labeled, and the bottles read Sanguine Sarsaparilla, and the plaque in the center just reads Sanguine Sarsaparilla, the savory delight that keeps you going through the night. No big swords here. Nope, no big swords. (laughs) Yeah, no big swords. I do like this plant, though. Were there any real uh, specimens of this plant here, or...? Uh, Not here. No, Um, okay. What the potted plant was is it would have been, like, a sort of ceramic sculpture kind of deal. Gotcha. Uh, And, like, it wasn't an actual dirt or whatever. The whole thing seemed to have been sculpted. Okay. Is this just a plant that grows without sunlight, or is it, like... Can vampires drink this stuff and not have to eat people? Um, that one's unclear. Okay. Uh, they don't state anything about that, but you could certainly, I mean, this would be something you'd have to ask around about. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you exit back out, once again, the robot greets you, and you head toward the Treasures of the Red Lady, a testament to the power of Urzbedia, with an exclamation point. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> And this is a more standard, like, museum exhibit, um, and that there are, like, tapestries portraying mountains of gold and whatever. Uh, And then there are a multitude of cases just scattered around, uh, each containing a different item. And the tapestries depict more than just, like, a bunch of gold, but also other items. But it seems like as you approach the first one, and see this thick belt that seems to have a, a clasp with a fist made of stone. You read the plaque and it says, Belt of Hill Giant's Strength. And uh, that it imparts great strength to the wearer. But it seems like these are the actual factual items. Like actual <laughs> physical items that have been loaned out. Oh. Mm-hmm. So like, madam, if we enter the tournament, we could win one of these things. Yes, but this... You don't want this, Finnegan. It's a, it's kind of gaudy, don't you think? It is like a wrestler's belt thick. Yeah, of course I want it. Look, it would make me look so tough and cool. But I guess I kind of want to be pretty like that pretty lady, too. It's confusing. <laughs> and uh, as you move around, I can list off these different display cases. The next contains a deep burgundy cloak that is embroidered with a shimmering gold thread. And this is listed as a Cape of the Montebank. Oh, uh, fuck yeah. And um, <laughs> oh, I love this item. It says, as far as what it can do, it says allows instantaneous travel in style. Oh, well, this one's a little better, but it's not quite my color. It's pretty. As you continue on to the next case, uh, it contains a deep blue skull cap that is ridged like a brain. It seems like it's made out of some sort of bluish metal. And the plaque reads, Helm of Telepathy. 
Well, that would be useful. Mm-hmm. I've gotten I've gotten Thaddeus and Wallace out because I thought they would be interested in this section, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are also going, oh, yeah, <laughs> ooh. <laughs> uh, the final case uh, displays a floating ring that is a silver band that seems to shiver and blur like it's constantly in motion, and the plaque reads, Ring of Evasion. Below it, it says... Never get hit by a fireball again. <gasps> oh no, we can't let anyone have this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, uh, depicted in these tapestries, and these tapestries don't have like descriptions of the items that are depicted, you can just sort of see certain things. Mm-hmm. There is what? what seems to be a dark void in the center that has been painted to portray, or I guess woven would be the proper term, to portray some depth to it. There is a double-ended spear or javelin of some sort, uh, and the ends are clearly blade-shaped to look like lightning bolts, uh, uh-huh. and it is portrayed with arcing electricity around it. Is this a, is this still on the tapestry? or is These this are a... tapestries. Okay. These are not physical items that are there. Okay. There is a depiction of a massive uh, stone double-bitted axe uh, that is seems to like be physically made of conglomerated stones. I bet Grun would like that one. Mm, I was just about to say the same thing. And there's also what seems to be a cloak that is sort of outspread. And the way the cloak is shaped, uh, the outspread cloak looks like bat wings. Oh, this one's cool. The last, the last bit, especially with the history of Lady Erspit, and I, I think Madame L is kind of admiring her to some degree as a, as a powerful woman who mm-hmm. killed her father. Honestly, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, <laughs> I certainly did not consider that what like honestly <laughs> I didn't consider it while writing issues, this I guess. but yeah I I guess that would be an impression huh yeah I I think that as materialistic as Madame L seems material girl she, so sorry. she generally just treats mm-hmm. material things as kind of just things that come in like not something to acquire you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's because they just come to her um mm-hmm. So I think she's more interested at this point in actually the the favor of this ruler who actually at least seems to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the Helvetarian rulers just kind of sit on their gold and tell people what to do. That mm-hmm. like that she's actually like not that she's in the lab doing these things necessarily, mm-hmm. but like. It, it seems like an admirable endeavor. Like, she seems like a smart person, and, and Madame L mm-hmm. is, is fond of that. Mm-hmm. Finny looks around. Is there any people here? No, there's still no one here. Once again, you guys are here basically 15, 20 minutes after opening. Gotcha. Um, and also, like, you know, how popular is this museum going to be other than the exhibit you guys are in? Uh-huh. As far as, like, the citizenry, they've probably been through. It's free. And as far as traveling people, well, the sicko wagon's still busy, and Bidbor's probably been through here before, so. 
Madame L notices Finney uh, looking at their staff and says, well, I'm, I'm sure there has to be someone in the gift shop and who knows, maybe they can tell us something about it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So, Soren, mm-hmm. after you step through this door, you see a sitting room kind of deal. There's a couple mm-hmm. armchairs around. He has a small rolling cabinet that has a uh, like large glass bottle that you would guess probably contains some sort of liquor uh, and mm-hmm. has a couple different rocks glasses on it um, and a small polished silver container that is sealed on top. A little bar cart. Yeah. He says, now, may I get you two gentlemen anything? Uh Mr. Soren, for your nerves, or Groon, for your stomach. Um, I- I'm, I'm fine. Uh, thank you, though, um, generous of you to offer. Yeah, let me get a whiskey that's a double. Best thing for a sore stomach, I always say. Coming right up. And he, uh, steps over and opens up this cabinet. And you get just a peek inside, and it seems way deeper than it should be. <laughs> uh, like, literally... Other than seeing this sort of dark void that looks like it's full of bottles, he kind of shows this off by going up to his shoulders in it, like <laughs> searching for something. And he pulls out a uh, dusty bottle and goes, ah, this should be finally age. And he blows it off. Mr. Moon, if you have a seat, your drink will be right over to you. And he gestures to an armchair in the corner and you hear a little toot toot. And out of the wall comes a tiny train that has, uh, like, flatbed cars on it, and he sets the drink on it, and it slowly <laughs> makes its way over the room. This is so much. This is one of my more favorite stores. I I see. Um, Are you certain nothing, Mr. Soren? N- no, I, I think I'll be fine. Um, to, um, business, then? Yes, uh, what are you prepared to offer for this service um well that depends is this um i haven't given you many um details uh and so how how do you know you can even help me make a persuasion check because typically whether they can help or not you still pay people before they look at you in a medical sense or magical sense in this case okay i was gonna say no you don't you pay you don't have insurance you don't do that when you have insurance either you just pretend like it didn't happen and never pay (laughs) (laughs) um i rolled really bad i got a seven an eight minus one i do apologize mr soren but you could always cash in your favor if you would like perhaps um Though I am more than amenable to perhaps a payment plan of some sort. Uh, <laughs> if you have anything you think would interest me. I don't know that I would necessarily have anything um, of value to you. Last time we spoke was... Um, those were really the only items I picked up that I, I think um, we could part with. Um Perhaps an exchange of favors? And he sniffs deeply and goes, Is that demon blood I smell, Mr. Soran? And your oh. personage? And Groon says, Thought I'd done cleared that glaive clean enough. No, um, 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 
Groon. Um, uh, in the meantime, Gustav has filled another double for Groon and slowly <laughs> sent it back on the train. They've just been sending drinks back and forth. <laughs> <on the train. laughs> um, uh, no, uh, Groon, I collected some from Bebo in the aftermath. Ah, thought I was getting sloppy. Well, I am getting sloppy, but you know. And he <clears throat> kind of winks at you over his glass. <laughs> I, and I'm like, you're, I'm looking at him like, I thought you were going to be my bodyguard. <laughs> And, and he just drunk with it. He's been sitting in this armchair, like glaive in one hand, glass in the other, and he just sort of waves his glaive back and forth or wiggles his glaive back and forth and he's like, Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, um uh I, I do, as a matter of fact. Very unusual to see one, but um we did have an unfortunate incident with a demon by the name of Beepo, and um I did Collect some of the blood afterwards. Would you consider that a amenable trade? Hmm. For now, yes. If things require more reagents than expected, then perhaps we will have to consider further payments. Of course. Um. Yeah, I rifle iron in my bag and I kind of hand over the Bebo blood vial. I'm kind of bummed about it because I did want to keep it, but it's worth it. He takes it and... Uh, floats it over to an empty rocks glass and pops the cork, pours a little bit in, swirls it around and sniffs and down the hatch. Oh, that's good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Shall we? And he reaches over and pulls a lever and different globes of fairy fire start lighting around the room and winking in different colors. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, not that one. And pulls a different (laughs) lever and you hear the constant kachunk that's been in the background start going faster <laughs> and faster. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And he flips that one back up and then finally pulls a third and a uh, table flips out of the ground that is clearly somewhat call it an autopsy table because it does have the drain and does have pivot levers. Oh, gosh. And he says, now, of course, the restraints will most likely be unnecessary, but please climb on up. Yes, uh, of course. Um, yeah, hop up there. Don't you need to know about any of the, um, specific side effects I was referring to before you begin, or... Of course, uh, demon blood got me acting up. Go ahead and list (laughs) off your symptoms. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, like, wave him closer. Because I kind of don't want, necessarily want Grunda over here. And he uh, leans his gross little ear hole your mouth. <laughs> um, well, there's a number of things. Um, at least initially, my um, actual anatomical heart, the one I was born with, was removed and replaced. With what? I don't know specifically, but I do know that I'm not uh, really alive anymore. Uh, magical healing doesn't seem to be particularly effective. The... Pre-existing enchanted tattoos I possessed um, have begun warping and changing. Um, I don't seem to be able to die. Uh, There was an occasion where um, I um, uh, was temporarily and involuntarily shunted into the spirals domain and saw two um, souls, I suppose, um, coming out of me instead of just the one that's mine. Uh, the only one that needs to be there. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um, uh, two nights ago, I 
had a, um, uh, visitor, um, you could say, of the, um, potentially hag variety, I believe. Um, I, I was mentally compelled, um, to do something I did not particularly want to do. Um, I had a very strange vision, and I... I really just, uh, you know, Gustav, I just think there's, there's just, um, there's just not enough room in this body for anyone but me. And he, you've sort of been able to make eye contact with him with how he's leading. Mm -hmm. And you just saw his eye getting bigger (laughs) and bigger as he kept going. And he steps back and he goes, well, huh, that is, uh. A lot. Hmm. This may have been easier before the second whatever got in there, but let's, uh, let's, let's give her a go. (laughs) He taps a few buttons on the underside of the table, Mm -hmm. and you feel it start to gently hum. Oh, I'm so scared. And then you see a sort of bluish glow that seems to be lighting you from below like you can see that it's forming around you so like your shadow is upon the ceiling mm-hmm. uh, and then these bands of multicolored energy start to arc over you into the shadow and you see slowly raising out of you you but translucent and you see that there are some spots that are glowing red uh, that seems to be vaguely in the shape of a heart where your heart would be mm-hmm. with reddish strands emanating out from it mm-hmm. and then a dark almost black purple uh, emanating up from your foot mm-hmm. Gustav lowers his goggles over his eyes and twists the lenses a little bit and he goes oh boy is it bad how bad is it It's bad. It's really bad, isn't it? Ah. And he flicks the switch again, and this glow stops. And he looks down at you and goes, Which which news you want? Good, bad, indifferent? I'm uh, not particularly known for my bedside manner. Um. Also, generally, the things on my table are dead, so, you know. Well, (laughs) um... Oh, yeah, uh, woof. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, bad, um, bad news first. Okay, so, bad news. Um, yes, all right. It looks like there is, uh, two, two of you in there. Uh, good news, it's not three. That's the important part. Okay. The bad news. (laughs) There are, there are two two beings in inhabiting you the good news it seems like did you say a hag was involved potentially yes so the red bit was stopping the hag which good seems to be the bad news is that i don't know what the red bit is. Um. You usually uh, someone of my caliber can sort of ascertain through the stuffness of the aura uh, which is a technical wizard term 
what sort of being it came from or is, but whatever it is, uh, seems to have a very good shield of sort of non-detection as far as specifics, which is good because while you do have a massive target inside you, uh, it's not a specific target. Whatever allegiances or importance that thing has is pretty well shielded. Unfortunately, that does mean that I can't not give a more clear diagnostic. Un understood. But I can do some research, and we can reconvene. Uh, th thank you, um, Gustav. I think it's um, I think it's it's probably time we go. <clears throat> of course. Uh, one final question. Well, I cannot currently help with this particular malady. Perhaps you could help me. You will, of course, be compensated well. Hmm. What do you need me to do? North of here, several hours travel through the woods, are the ruins of Old Grustal. In these ruins, there is a chapel and a bell tower containing a bell that I'm quite interested in. Said that it has certain properties that may align to our interests. If you could reclaim this for me, you could have a selection of my scrolls, 2,000 gold pieces, or this wand. And he draws from his sleeve a long golden wand uh, that is absolutely embedded with just various gems, like rubies, sapphires, onyx, various, you know, other gemstones. There's some uh, lapis, some amethyst stones, all beautifully faceted, or cabochons, or what have you. Mm -hmm. Can I roll an arcana on it? Yes, you can. All right, I'm not doing very good today. I got a 12 plus 5, uh, 17. Um, I would say that you, at the very least, know what it is without necessarily knowing everything it can do. Mm -hmm. Um, because these are sort of the um favored items when they can be found of certain more eccentric wizards. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is a wand of wonder. <gasps> oh, wand uh, you of at the wonder. very least get its name. I will not tell you specifically what it does. Oh yeah, I'm gonna pretend like I don't know what wand of wonders do. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I may have to s sell this to my companions. I, I, um, I doubt this is something I could acquire on my own. Of course, and if it would make any difference for your companions. Ah, uh, rumor has it that the ruins of old Grushtal still hold a few treasures other than this minor curiosity. I'm assuming there's danger. If there wasn't, you would have already acquired it yourself. So what, if we were to agree to this, what would we expect? There, well, you have been through a bit of these woods, yes? Yes. I figured you did not have the travel capabilities of one such as myself. No. <laughs> there is, of course, the dangers of these woods, and old Grushtal 
as far as I can tell, acts as something of a sort of vortex for the undead, of course. Uh, draws them to it. I have not researched the exact histories. By the way, give me an insight check. Okay. Uh, I got a 15. 14 plus 1. He's certainly downplaying some things. Yeah. But rumor has it that long ago, some sort of necromancer or something of the such uh, put a horrible curse upon old Grushtal, uh destroying all its citizens and cursing the lands forevermore. Something along those lines. But Yeah, that tracks. This is why I offer such potent rewards. Uh, there is substantial risk. I see. Um, Grun says, you reckon we'll get to kill some monsters or something? He's staggering a little bit. Well, it seems that your friend here has already agreed to help. Perhaps he will work as something of a bargaining chip for you. We'll see. Um, thank you for your time, Gustav. Um, we'll, um, we'll speak again. Of course. And I stand up and I'm like getting, getting ready to just leave. Good luck, Mr. Soren. And let me know if you find anything. As you walk out of the office, the cog uh, seals shut and you see that the store is once again empty. And uh, as you are approaching the exit door, there's a... And Gustav goes, uh, let me get that for you. And holds the door open. <clears throat> okay. Thank... Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do we want to go to the gift shop? Gift shop! I have 412 gold pieces. Now you can't spend it all in one place. Why? That is a kingly sum to spend at a gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, as you guys exit and head towards the gift shop, you see that there is, uh, once again, a counter kind of at the back of this place, but the displays are all out for you guys to look over, which, of course varies compared to other shops where typically you wouldn't be able to just sort of look over shit. Like, you just tell them what you want. The person sitting at the desk who seems to be working on something like they're writing on something is a thin human who looks to be in his late 50s. He's kind of going gray and has a thin manicured mustache. Uh, but anyway, that's not the points of interest here. What it is is what they're actually selling. Uh, which include various small figurines uh, of the Red Lady. I would say they're about God, are these anime 10 inches figurines? tall. <laughs> uh, they are, in fact, articulated. There is one depicting each of the various different Red Lady automatons oh, throughout. Oh, wow. Um, and the one with the sword has a small, like, note by it that says, Now with decapitating action. Uh, there are also statuettes of uh, Lord Artur. Boo! <laughs> um, there are snow globes of Castle oh. Urzbet. Nice, nice. There are bottles of Sanguine Sarsaparilla. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are also tunics embroidered with the phrase, I went to Grushtal and all I got was this tunic. <laughs> <laughs> um, how much is the decapitating action red lady? Uh, two gold. Oh, Absolutely. I'm buying that. 
Also the sarsaparilla. Uh, the sarsaparilla is five silver a bottle. Well, is it alcoholic or is it just an energy drink? Um, we'll call it an energy drink, sure. Okay, yeah. like, a, like a Red Bull. Yep, it's yeah. an energy uh, drink. Not an amphetamine. No, 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 no. There's definitely like a small warning label that says uh, not for consumption by children, but like they don't <laughs> care. Uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely get the red lady figurine and the sarsaparilla, please. Madame Owl uh, looks unamused at all of these silly little trinkets. Don't uh, you want this tunic, madam? Ugh, Finnegan. What? We need to sit you down and teach you some taste, hmm? Well, that's rude. <laughs> uh, but she is interested in this person in the back. Mm -hmm. He looks up whenever you guys enter. Mm -hmm. I think he just tunes out the welcome thing because he just hears it constantly. Hey, I want to get these things. Of course, child. Then would you like a boiled sweet? And he grabs a <gasps> little bowl that's sitting next to his register and holds it out to you. Ooh, can I have one for my two brothers as well? And Wallace and Thaddeus are on my shoulders. And he laughs a little bit and says, of course, of course. <laughs> I, I let Wallace and Thaddeus take one as well. Oh, he's wearing a name tag, by the way. Oh, what's it say? Uh, it says Ian Grew, as in G-R-U-U, chief historian, gift shop worker. Okay. I see you are a historian. Do you manage the exhibits here? Yes, I put forth all the info and then through our various artisans and the largesse of my father, we put together our exhibits. What did you think? Well, I thought they were quite splendid. The red lady is so cool. And he chuckles a little bit more and says, I'm glad to hear it. We were hoping we might find someone here being a museum with plenty of artifacts that may be able to help us identify this staff that my young friend has found. Yeah, I found it. He Somewhere. <laughs> looks at the staff and goes, hmm, that is quite peculiar. If you'll give me just a moment, I can get my logs of the vault and see if there's anything similar. Do you have any idea of their, what, if any, magical abilities or anything of that sort? Well, I know it's magic, but every time I try to use it, it just goes, and then fizzes. And our friend is somewhat versed in magics, I think, and and he said that it wasn't dangerous, so I don't think it's going to be shooting any fireballs or lightning or what have you. Oh, yeah. He said it was something like abdication or something. Abdication? I, I'm not <laughs> very certain that's a form of magic, but I will compare it to my notes. Abbalation. Abba-abba-dabba-cadabra. Uh, of course, if you'll give me just a moment, that will be uh, two gold, five silver, by the way, child. Okay. And he sort of looks up at Madame L after looking at Fenny. I, I get out my, like, little tiny sack of, uh, well, it's like a little 
burlap sack that I've sewn up myself and it's all dirty and mm-hmm. gross. And I open it and you just see uh, 412 gold coins just sparkling and but shining. But there's also like rocks and bugs yeah, and sticks. absolutely. <laughs> and bones and shit. Here you go. He raises his eyebrow at this a little bit, uh, but takes your money and puts it in his till. Um, highs or lows? Highs! Oz, every time you deny us knowing what this is, I hope that you're upgrading how cool and powerful it is, because by the time we figure this out, it might just be like a shitty level two thing. <laughs> uh, well, that was a 99, so okay. he knows what it is. Hooray! Oh, <laughs> and he looks it over and goes, Crystal Stave, school of was it abjuration, child? Yeah! And he's just sort of going over with his fingers. He whips out his glasses and puts them on. And seems what you have there is a staff of defense. Yes, it says here that the Red Lady had one nearly a century ago. Uh, she seems to have removed it or sold it to someone by this point. Uh, last known record was about 49 years ago. Yes, child. Try saying the word scutum. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. It's scutum. Scutum? It would be scutum, by the way, not scutum. (laughs) He doesn't know. He doesn't speak Latin. Scutum! And I hold the staff up really high. And when you do uh, a glowing shield of force spreads outward in front of you. Oh, wow. Uh, and it immediately is turned towards the uh, figurines that are holding swords. Wow. Uh, as you cast the spell, shield. And yes, it it seems there's one other thing it can do. Uh, try focusing your will to... Form a sort of mental shield of armor and say the word Aegis. Aegis? Almost. And he just smiles. Then he focuses harder and goes, Aegis! (laughs) The spell mage armor is cast. As once again, this glowing, slightly uh, lavender is probably the color I'm looking for. Suit of armor flashes around you and then sinks into your skin. Oh my god. Oh shit. This is a good fucking staff. I want this staff. Fuck. I'm gonna beat everybody up with this. <laughs> uh, and then there is a bit more to that text, but that's for me to know and for you to find out, so just roll a d20 when the last charge is expended. Okay. Okay. Um. And he says, Yes, there you are. Wow, thanks so much. This staff is so cool, right, madam? Yes, I think you'll make good use of it, Finnegan. I'm going to protect everyone and then beat everyone else up. (laughs) Just like the Red Lady. He chuckles at a lot of what Finny is saying, and he says, You know, I couldn't help but notice that your child there seems to have tracked in quite a bit of mud. Would you perhaps be travelers? Well, yes, that's that's the case. Oh, sorry. Sometimes my hooves, since they're cloven and all, it gets stuck in between my hooves and... It's quite all right, child. I didn't really have much to do today anyway, so that will be a pleasant distraction. If I could be so 
bold is to ask a favor of. Of course, you would be handsomely compensated. Handsomely? And what favor would that be? You see, while we have quite a few exhibits on more recent history, the history of the origins of Grushtal and, in fact, its predecessor, which we now simply refer to as Old Grushtal, are more lacking. My collection, that is. If you would be willing to procure a bit of that history for me, I could offer quite a reward. What kind of reward? Well, as I have mentioned previously, my father's generosity is well known, and I could spread that around, as it were, and it seems your young friend here would get quite the opportunity to test out that new stave, huh? Well, in that case, you're saying that there's a fair amount of danger. Of a sort, yes. Um, Can I see him sweating from his lies? You see, eons ago, uh, there was a great civil war of sorts all across uh, this great country of ours. Uh, unfortunately, after a series of long, drawn-out battles across the border of the Black Fall, a powerful necromancer whose name, thankfully, has been banished from the annals of history cast a, quite a vicious curse upon the lands of Old Grushtal. Uh, while it tore the residents of Old Grushtal asunder, it left the town standing. Now, thankfully, this curse, as far as I know, has been long forgotten. However, it has had an effect on the land. Some of our braver researchers say that it has thinned the borders of the Prima Mundus, the uh, prime material plane, and the endless spiral, and as such has turned old Grushtal into a sort of what is the best way to put this? Uh, child, your rat friends, they crave cheeses of sorts, yes? Well, kind of. One of them does. The other one just likes the textures of anything. Regardless, old Grushtal is kind of a giant stinky wheel of cheese to the rats that are undead. Yes? This makes sense? So it's like zombie town. And he sort of rubs his, the back of his head sheepishly, and he says, We're not certain. Can Madame Al roll an insight? Just, uh, yes. I have an advantage because I'm trying to see if he's lying from my ring. Yeah. 18 plus 4, 22. He might know specifics. It does seem like he's trying to downplay this some. Mm-hmm. Now, Mr. Gru, if, if there is any information that you... No, but perhaps are a little bit shy to tell us. I I would encourage you to do so. Maybe it would help us mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. achieving your We're goal. We're not afraid of anything. Give me a persuasion check. Well, that was a net one. Can I help since I'm like, I'm flexing. I'm, I'm strong. <laughs> sure. You can have advantage. Okay. Flex for advantage. Uh, I got a four, but I have a plus eight, so a twelve. So a twelve. Jesus. Okay. Your child may be somewhat correct in the description of zombie town. Was it? <laughs> um. 
some of the scouts I have had give it a look over from a distance have said they have seen skeletons and corpses walking about and occasionally the flesh ripping from a skeleton and moving <sighs> on its own, as well as mounds of various rotted limbs writhing through the streets. Oh my god. Ah, I can see why you wouldn't lead with that. Yes. Well, we've killed a Bebo before, so... That's nice, child. I will see what I can do. I may have to sell our compatriots on the matter, and <clears throat> we will certainly weigh the options. Of course. I hope you will be able to convince them. And, of course, the city of Grustal and myself and my father will be indebted to you. What about the Red Lady? There's a a sort of reverence in his eyes as he said, yes, perhaps she will notice us. <laughs> <laughs> notice me, senpai! <laughs> Welcome back to the end of the episode, everyone. Welcome back. As always, let us join hands and lift up our patrons. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. We lift up your name, Michael H., Elise W., Devin L., Angie T., and Carol W. Oh. May the darkness smile upon you. Yes, thank you so much. We love you. I won't go that far. <laughs> well, bye bye. Until next week, folks. Next month. Ba -da -ba 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 -ba. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>